This is Randy Rosetta with HubCityPreps.com with an early week around the Hub City. I'm out at Estacado to talk to Will Blaylock, the original. We have to say the original now because the second is sneaking into games. Yeah, he he, he got promoted up um, due to to some situations, but I I was proud of him the way he stepped up. Um, Didn't bat an eye. He's been practicing with varsity all year. So we knew he could handle it, you know, but anytime you put a 14-year-old on Friday night, and of course his first play was against Brownwood at yep. Brownwood. So that's a different different monster in itself. Thankfully, Bobby ran for 70 yards, and he got to come right back out. But this game, uh, unfortunately, Javion went down, and he went. He, he, he knew the drill. He started warming up on the sideline. The center came. He took snaps. And uh, we asked him, what are you comfortable with? And so we tried to stay within his wheelhouse. And I thought he managed it pretty good. I mean, Bobby had a good, a, a solid night. We came back and won, but we were proud of the way he played, stepping in there as a 14-year-old. Wow. You no, know, didn't look shell-shocked. I don't think it was too fast for him. You know, he's got a lot to improve on, but the fact that he stepped out there and the kids supported him, and he said for the first time he heard fans supporting him, and, you know, he didn't even know they knew who he was. And I told him, I said, one, you're the head coach or something, but, Two, I said, you went out there and, and you battled your behind off and, and we won a big game. So I was proud of him. The, the dad in me was really, really, really proud. The coach in me was proud, but the coach knows we got a lot to work on. I bet mom was proud and nervous, I would guess. Mom, grandma, uh, I mean, it's everybody. Anytime, you, you know, for a split second, when the guy read, when I saw Javian go down, I said, okay, maybe he rolled an ankle. And then when I saw he couldn't put weight on his foot, you know, for about – about 20 seconds, the dad in you creeps in. It's like, okay, my baby's got to go out on this field. And then the coach is like, he's ready for this. He's prepared for it. So mom mom was actually not feeling well. She was in the press box, and she was going to go home because um, our other son's a senior. So we did the senior night festivities. And then she saw him go in, and she's like, I can't leave my baby. There you go. So now she's got. She's like, now nah, I got two babies I got to worry about. But we were proud of him. He, he did his thing. Uh, of course, grandma was grandma, so she cried. And, that's her baby, you know that. But it was a good experience for him, and you know he's ready to go. He knows that DJ's coming back, and DJ's our guy this year. And, but now it, it, we have competition in the spring, so I, I thought it was a good scenario. The kids rallied behind him, and they came together. So I, I, I was pleased with it. Well, I, we sort of, I sort of buried the lead there. He, Will Blaylock the second came in while you guys were putting together a twenty-four to twenty-one win against Big Spring that clinches the number two seed out of District 5-4A, Division One. I. I think it's a long thing to have to say. Yeah. You guys clinched number two seed. That's the easiest part, which is a big deal because the way playoffs set up, you wind up play a number three seed, and then if you keep winning, it sets up a little bit better for you as a number two seed. Yeah, you always want to be one or two rather than three or four. Just by the way, the brackets usually shake out, but – you know, I've been in pretty much all four situations at some point in my career. When you get to playoffs, you just got to play because there are some number four teams. seeds. I've been a four seed at Hightower that knocked off a number one undefeated Port Arthur Memorial team at home at their place. And, you know, when you're the four, in, of course, five, eight, six, eight, you get home field advantage. It's different when you got to travel. Whereas, you know, in 4A, you know, we're going to probably meet a neutral site. But just the way the brackets line up, it's better to be the two. And our kids needed that. Coming off the Brownwood loss, you know, we always look at preseason, they pick the third. And we always want to exceed expectations and show people what we really can do. So to beat Andrews in, in a great game and then come and beat Brownwood, I mean not Brownwood, excuse me, beat Big Spring in a, in a great game, it was a big deal for our kids. They fought again. We played four quarters of football, even though it wasn't pretty all the time. 
I thought they played lights out when they had to. And we, we tell them every week somebody different is going to step up. This week, Joseph Mata had to step up. Uh, Deuce had to step up quarterback. We had uh, C.J. Woodrow had to step in the corner and play a solid game and had to re- get some reps at receiver. You know, just different kids doing different things. Uh, D. Green, phenomenal DB, got his, I think, eighth interception. You know, and then just watching, you know, one of Bobby Ross's better plays was him blocking. Yep. I him told you and, afterwards, I thought that was his play of the night. Him and C.J. Woodruff, if you go back, C.J. was playing X receiver. He drove that corner about 10, 15 yards and sealed the edge. And then Bobby and Sid come around, and it's clear sailing once Sid straightens up. So, you know, everybody had their chance. Uh, Donovan Torres, freshman, had a big kickoff return and got us to midfield. And then, you know, little Mata got to come in and end it for us. So, we, we were proud of those guys, but they fought for four quarters. So, we think we're doing good going forward. You mentioned Bobby. What I thought was cool to see is he fumbled the ball twice in the first half when he could have had a couple of touchdowns. You guys could have had a couple of touchdowns, could have changed the complexion of that game. He came out in the second half mad. I remember sitting up in the press box with the TV guys in the first couple of runs. I said, this is mad, Bobby Ross. Yeah, he, he was upset. He was you know, frustrated with himself because we, we discussed it. Coach Wilson, our running backs coach, uh, told him all week, that's something we saw on film that they would do. If you got behind them and they could catch you, they're going to try to strip it out. I'm going to try to knock it loose going into the end zone. And we preached, you got to finish. Finish runs, finish everything, finish, you know, you don't, the touchdown doesn't count until you get a ball to the referee. And he had, the first time, he, he's reaching for the goal line, so I can't knock his effort. He's trying to get in. But like we told him, once they grab your legs up, you're not going anywhere. Go down. You know, it had been, I think, first or second goal at the inch line. We're going to give it to you again anyway. Uh, the second one, right before the half, you know, we figured they were going to be a prevent. So we go power, and he splits it. And, of course, once he gets rolling, there's nobody that's going to stand in front of him. Right. And that kid, I believe it was number 85, made a great effort play, which that's what that kid did all night. And, you know, Bobby pulled up at about the five-yard line because he thought they'd stop chasing him. But, you know, it goes back to coaching. We told him that was going to happen. Now, at halftime, he was frustrated. We calmed him down. And we kind of looked at each other and, and knew that coming out in the second half, he's going to run ticked off. Yep. He, you're, you're about to see a violent person, and that's what he did. You know, knowing that Deuce was at quarterback, knowing he was going to have to shoulder the load again, and he did it. He, you know, he came back and proved that he, he's that guy for a reason. I think he ended up with 220 yards. Yep. And he, we always joke. I said, I've only had one running back get to 30 carries. And he said, Coach, if you need me, I got you. I think he had 29. Yep, he did. So, he, he did an excellent job and put us on his shoulders. But, yeah, he was frustrated. But that second half, that third quarter, Bobby, was was the, was the real Bobby Ross. And I would bet you happening as a sophomore, I will bet you a lunch after he graduates that that never happens again in his high school career. No, nah, I, I don't see it. And you learn from experience. And, you yep. know, we, we forget sometimes the way he plays and his size that he's just turned 16 years old. Mm-hmm. He's still a baby, and we, we joke in the coaching office. We're like, you know, we don't want to run. We're not going to run him into the ground or anything. And my running back coach is like, you realize we got two more years. And, you know, everybody just kind of smiles. And then we look at the fact that we got Sid for three more years. Yeah. Donovan Torres for three more years. And we have a speedster and another freshman named James Bozeman who making can outrun them all. That was our JV running back this year. And, you know, Kyrie Irving is an all-district linebacker. He's probably the second-best running back on this team and can probably push Bobby. You know, we got got a lot of guys that can play in the backfield. That's a, a good thing to have. We got a lot of athletes. But that room is loaded, which also pushes Bobby. He knows I got an off night. 
there's three or four more guys in here that can go. You remember, you're old enough to remember, you remember Florida State had a quarterback named Dan Kendra. Mm-hmm. And he was okay as a quarterback, but kept getting bigger. And Bobby Bowden finally said, "Son, you're too big. Go play linebacker." Well, he had some other quarterbacks behind him, so that was yeah. a pretty smart coaching move because you could I think he may have put Chris Winkie in after him. So, and anytime you got a bunch of athletes, I always look at like Miami when they were rolling, mm-hmm. and you had you know Willis McGee, Clinton Portis, Frank Gore, all these guys that are all pro, possibly Hall of Famers, in the same room. You look at what Alabama had a couple of years ago with Derrick Henry and Mark Ingram and Trent Richardson and all these guys in the same room. There's only one football. Yep. You know, and so I'm looking at it with what we have with so much talent and this young talent that going forward, they all can play multiple positions. They all can go play corner or safety or linebacker. And then we can go running back by committee if we need to. And even Bobby has gotten reps at defensive end this year, you know, to rush the passer because we're looking at he may get bigger. And if he does, you know, he's got to be versatile, and he likes it. He think he gets a kick out of it, getting to go rush the quarterback. But the fact that we tell him, if anybody asks you what position you play, just tell him football. There you go. You play whatever you, whatever's needed, you just play football. And that's the, the, the mantra and the mindset that we have, that we got athletes. We're going to put our best 11 out there. But, you know, Bobby had a, a great run, you know, last Thursday, you know, got extra day to heal up because he was kind of banged up. And then this week we're going to go down to San Angelo and, you know, do what we do. But so hopefully we get some of those other kids in and get get them some touches because they need it going into the playoffs. So it the moment isn't too big for them. That's a good segue. That and talking about being young because the tricky side of that sword is you guys won a big game. You clinch the number two seed. You're going on the road to face a team that has nothing to lose because they're out of the playoffs. How much is your speech this week? Don't lose that focus. Don't let up at all because like you would love to end their season by beating you guys. Yeah, and we're going to tell them, you know, it's kind of like when we went in to play Sweetwater. I think we would be leveling. Kids were kind of high, and then Sweetwater comes out of first possession, onside kick, goes down and scores, and we're down 7-0. And everybody's looking around, and I'm like, you can't sleep on anybody. It's going to be their senior night. It's those kids' last game in that stadium, three-hour bus ride. You know, it's it's a playoff. We're going to treat it like it's the playoffs because we're going to have to do the exact same thing next week and go play somewhere else just two and a half, three hours away. And hopefully they learn from how they prepare for Brownwood, um, things we have to fix, coaches and players, to just understand that this is a business trip. You know, you can talk and joke and laugh on the way back. Um, but, yeah, we're, we're definitely not going to overlook San Angelo or look past them in any way because we, we want to go into the playoffs six and four. We don't want to go in five and five. We want to go in on a high note on a winning streak. And, you know, we'll get some players – we'll get one or two players back for the first-round game. Get DJ back this week, so he needs to get reps because he's been out for two weeks, and just get our make sure our chemistry is at one hundred percent going into San Angelo. What does Lakeview do that other than senior night and then nothing? What do they do that catches your attention? You mentioned them a few weeks ago at the luncheon about some things they did. What are they good at? I mean, you you never know what you're going to get. They're, they they like to spread it out, and throw the ball around, but they've had two games where they came out in the wishbone. And, you know, you don't see that too much anymore. And you're talking about veer and dive and pitching. Like, okay, nobody does this. So it's, it's, you don't know which leg view you're going to get. So we got to be prepared for everything. Um, defensively, they're multiple. They like to stay in a four-man front, but they're going to send it from everywhere. We know, again, they have nothing to lose. There's no tomorrow for them. So I, I'm going to assume that there's no reason to hold back anything for them. I'm expecting onside kicks, trick plays, tackle over, whatever they got. 
you know, one, to let those kids have some fun and put them in a position to win. But two, when you don't have anything to lose, you get a lot more freedom. There's a lot less pressure, I'm assuming. And to just go out and let it all out of the bag because they're going to hang up pads on Monday. So there's no reason to keep anything for this season. So we're going to prepare as if they're playing with their hair on fire and their life depended on it, and that's the way we're going to go into it. We don't talk too much about your seniors. I mentioned that to Hez the other day. They they sort of get looked over at times. But you do have the advantage. Those seniors have played in a game very similar to this because I think last year when they played Leveland, Leveland had been knocked out. And if I remember right, Leveland ran some double reverses and weird stuff. So the seniors have kind of they've kind of gotten a feel for this at least once that I know of. Yeah, and we, even though we stopped it last week, Big Spring tried two reverse passes. Both of them going in red zone situations, and, and we were able to break them up. But they've seen Leveland tried it. You know, we, we've seen trick plays all season. We've seen onside kicks. You know, we've onside kicked against people. So you, you just got to be prepared. You know, it really keeps your guard up. And the, these kids are they're young, but they're growing up and understanding that, hey, every play is a big play. You know, don't worry about what's coming next. You got to worry about us right now. And so I think our defensive guys do a great job getting those kids prepared. Uh, on offense, we haven't seen too much craziness, you know. But we've seen teams bring. We saw Dumas in the house, you know. We've seen Leveland in the house, Sweetwater in the house, Brownwood send blitzes from everywhere. And when you're a young team, that's what defenses are going to do. They don't. They don't want to give you time to adjust and, and calculate. They want to send heat, especially to quarterbacks, and go get them. And that's why you got to be able to run the football. That's why you got to be able to control the line of scrimmage to counteract some of that, you know. Um, I think it was Andrews came out in a six-man front, hadn't showed that all year. And so we figured, you know what, let's go outside. You know, Bobby, you got to go off tackle tonight. This, it's, a, it's a chess match, it's, you know, but we're anticipating everything. And our, our seniors have played a lot of football. You know, you got Raheem Ross, I think this, he's coming up on 30 games, if not over 30 games. Hez Williams in the same boat. Uh, you know, Dante Boyd has played a lot. You know, we got a lot of kids that have seen a lot of football, so nothing really shocks them. And it helps them get those younger guys lined up and understand, hey, just play your assignment. You're going to be fine. All right, I might get you in a little trouble here. Did you watch any college football Saturday? Yeah, I was in attendance. Yes, I was, I was at Jones Stadium for the Baylor game. Uh, we took some out. I think we had eight players go. They got to, you know, be on the field. Got to see Patrick Mahomes up close. It was a good deal for those kids. Uh, Coach McGuire and them, they treated this a class, class act program. I uh, thought it was great. You know, appreciate Coach Blanchard. Those guys helping those kids get set up, and going to eat and do all that. I love some good barbecue. But, uh, yeah, as far as the game goes, you know, I, even though I was in the midst of all that black and red, I had on a black T-shirt, but it had green and gold on it. And I am a green tie. But, you know, it's all fun. You know, I think Coach McGuire's doing a great job. I think they're on the right track. You know, just watching them from what I saw years previous to now, it, I think Tech's going to be scary in a year or two. They got some good young kids. Uh, defensive end number 19, He's one of the freakiest athletes I've ever seen. And to be field level with him, he's going to get paid a lot of money to go rush the quarterback. But they got some good young kids. I thought, you know, Baylor just won a game up front. You could see an older team, a more seasoned team. I think Coach Aranda's in his third year. Mm -hmm. You know, and there's a difference between year one and year three. He, he's gotten a lot of his guys in, and now they're juniors and seniors, as opposed to maybe Coach McGuire having younger players in that are still developing. But I think Texas is going to be really, really good. You know, I'm still going to have to – I always side with green and gold in the matchup, but I love what Coach McGuire is doing and that he has a great staff. And like I said, it was a great experience for the kids. I know my sons enjoyed it. 
you know, getting to see Patrick Mahomes, a 903 East Texas guy, yep. get put in the ring on it. Anytime, even though he's a tech guy, I, I gave him a standing ovation. I think that's an awesome deal. When you get your name put up in your stadium, it shows the appreciation and the respect that everybody has for you. And I don't care what school you're at, that's a major accomplishment. So my hat was off to him, and I remember watching him at White House, Texas, do things that I had never seen before from a high school quarterback. And then go play basketball. And then go play baseball. Yep. You know, which That's shows, a good example for your guys. Yeah, which shows these guys, this, this man is the highest paid player in the NFL. <laughs> he was a three-sport athlete in high school. He was a two-sport athlete in college. So it can be done. You can't say, well, I can't do this. Yes, you can. But I thought that was a real deal. And I, I commended Tech for how they handled it. It was a great atmosphere. Blackout, sold-out crowd. I think it was 60000 And then get, watch his name get put up there. Next to those other legends, that was a pretty good deal. You know, I've been a Chiefs fan since I was eight, so I'm pretty happy with what he's done yeah. along the way. Now, I'm not a Chiefs fan, but I respect what he's done. I'm still a Cowboys fan. Well, but I'm a Dak fan. I've, I've known Dak since he was at Mississippi State. Just, to me, if you can't – you may not like Dak the quarterback, but if you don't like Dak the person, that's a that's a problem for you because Dak, yeah, he's, Dak's as good a guy as there is. He is. I actually got to see him. Me and my wife saw him at a restaurant. We were in Dallas for a wedding. And you see this, this big old dude, and I'm like, man, that's a big old dude. And he was at a table, I'm assuming business partners or something. And everybody was staring at him. And I've seen NFL guys, you know, for the last probably 15, 20 years of my life. I didn't realize that was that big. Yeah. And until you're walking past him, we were all going to the restroom. And, you know, he said, hey, I said, hey, you know. But everybody else was staring at him. And then I, it hit me like three steps later. Wait a minute. That's Dak Prescott. And I was like, he looked like a defensive end. A couple of college coaches wanted to move him to linebacker or tight end. I see why. Yep. Hey, but watching him, I've, I've never heard anything about his character, anything negative on him. Incredible. And like they, he was in a restaurant full of people. He signed autographs. There was no security. You know, it wasn't like he was trying to alienate himself. And, you know, just the vibe you get from people, it was all positive. But well, he is a large human being. Yes, he is. There's a lot of positive going on with the Matadors as they get ready for their Regular season finale, road trip to San Angelo to prepare for the playoffs there to the number two seed. I'm going to say it again, this long phrase, out of District 5-4A Division One, uh, They will hit go somewhere neutral to play a team from El Paso first round of the playoffs. This is Randy Rosetta with HubCityPreps.com with a Monday version of Around the Hub City.